0: Welcome to the Salty Investors, episode number 55. It is Thursday, November the 2nd. How are you, Tim?
1: Yeah, great. Yourself?
0: Yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. Won't do me any good anyway. Uh So uh, I'm going to lead off uh, with some salt this week. Look, actually, it's not really salt. It's kind of a pre-salt salt salt for next week. Um, So right now... 33 of 35 economists surveyed by the AFR are now forecasting the RBA will raise rates next week. Of course, so far, the RBA governor has been in complete lockstep with the government in her public speeches. However, as we know, the RBA is trying to put the brakes on the economy to get inflation down, whilst Albo has his foot on the floor, pumping record numbers of people into the country. So this will be a real test to see if she has any lady balls and call the government out. Um, but I have to say that I am not optimistic that she will. What do you think, Tim?
1: Well, the, the Fed not lifting, I think she's got a bit of cover. I think mm. that number is, I think, I don't think she's going to lift. Like, I just don't think she's got the balls to do it. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And hopefully she thinks about the low income earners who are inflation's killing them. Um, hopefully she's thinking of them, but I doubt it. But it'd be nice to get another lift and then. December. That opens that up for a possibility for a lift there as well if we've miss this one. So
0: Yeah. Well, I even saw a story today saying that um there could be at least two more rate rises. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. I'm I'm with you. I'm actually very skeptical that she will do anything because I think she is trying to play she doesn't want to um, you know, she doesn't want to end up Philip yeah. Lowe the second, you know. And uh, she wants to play nice with the government because she wants to keep that million dollar year a job for a few years, I'd say. Well, you don't Um, be the
1: one that starts the recession, you know. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I
0: mean, but I mean, you know, that would, even if we did have a per capita, like, uh, even just a GDP recession, two negative quarters back to back, it wouldn't be, I mean. We're already in a per capita recession, if you look at real wages versus inflation. Um, See, Chalmers tried to claim the other day that Australians were, I don't know, a certain amount of money better off, but he was doing it before inflation, and the ABC actually fact-checked him and said, yeah, that's misleading. (laughs) (laughs) uh, They do think we're idiots, don't they? They really do. They can just say things like that. I mean, especially telling people that, and even if they don't understand the inflate, they'll be like, what? I'm better off bullshit. You know, <laughs> they're not going to buy that crap. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I
1: think that's what do
0: nice you got for be. us this week?
1: Um, There's 2 million Australians that's selected to do their personal income tax themselves, but they haven't submitted. The fines are pretty extreme. $313 for each 28 days past the 1st of October, like yesterday. And it goes to yeah. a maximum of 1565 dollars The majority voted for COVID bailouts and more free stuff, but it seems a large percentage aren't keen on paying the bill. I guess they're hoping others will pay, but all this free stuff, we all end up having to pay for it. So get on with it. Pay your taxes. What do you think?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's not hard, is it? They give you, uh, what, July, August, September, three months, what, four months, four months to get get your shit together. It's not hard, and if you've got an accountant, you can just send them a shoebox full of receipts. They will do that for you, uh, um, if, if you're that slack. Because I know I personally know some bookkeepers who have to do that stuff. But uh, yeah,
1: but yeah, no, no, I'm just like you can it. get your account... To, if you're doing your accountant, you can you got to next year sometime, so you got a fair bit of time. But mm. all these two million people have elected for themselves to do my tax. So yeah, the deadline's deadline's over and. Um, the government needs money. Well, haven't you worked this out? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> they need your tax dollars. Yeah. So get in and pay it, people. Yeah. Yep.
0: All righty, let's uh, let's move on. Um, this is going to be pretty much about what I was just talking about before. I just thought this was interesting. Um, this is just a comment on U.S. stock market overvaluation. As you know, I'm I'm laser focused on finding anything that will confirm my bias that it's uh, overvalued. So, I mean, what you're seeing here is basically um, the outperformance of non-paying dividend stocks. And it's never been this bad compared to, you know, like, so you can see previous peaks kind of uh, March 2000 is an obvious one, um, reached about the same level. I think that's post-GFC, that, that one further up, up here, um, yeah. well, you have to go back to 82, uh-huh. you know, there's a pretty nasty recession down there. I think the PE on the S and P got to what, eight or something. Um, yeah. I don't know what <laughs> in the fifties was going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, this is just off the charts.
1: So, um, so what happened with the GFC here? How come no dividend payers didn't really, you know, yeah, go wild I mean, I, I,
0: I can't tell if that it looks like that looks sort of 2009ish doesn't it mm. which which would be the end yeah of the of the GFC um I don't know so again this is one of these indicators of like yeah you've got three data points yeah. but <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah as i say <clears throat> just happened to just it it isn't natural as you're looking at this, this isn't normal territory. No, no matter what you no. say, that's like at least a standard deviation away from the norm. So
0: yeah, unless unless you want to invoke the we live in a different world now, People, you know, tech heavy, growth orientated stocks that don't pay dividends uh, oh no. dominate. Blah blah blah. Yeah, you, you know, you've heard it all before. Uh, uh, I mean, there is something to the idea that. Yes tech is a far bigger component. You can go back and say, you know, in the nifty 50 and IBM and um, Kodak, they were the tech stocks, but yep. I don't think they've they've dominated to the extent that they do now. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, so this is just Aussie retail trade figures. Now this was pretty strong. 0.9% mm-hmm. yep. uh, for September. So up, uh, two percent year on year which is still negative once you take inflation into account right but this has put another sort of uh impetus behind the rba to raise rates retail trades retail trades taken off again tim oh, we're off yeah. to the races we're going to have a summer rally christmas is going to be massive uh <laughs> just don't, don't talk
1: about inflation just don't talk just about don't...
0: inflation <laughs> exactly um so uh this one actually this is from Macquarie Group this one on the left here Australian okay. retail trade volume what he's done is he's um inflation adjusted it and so he reckons for the for the quarter uh so you can see inflation adjusted it's been coming down mm-hmm. which is unusual um <clears throat> and he reckons that the September quarter is just you can see that tiny bit at the end there it's yep. just sort of basically flat for the for the quarter of September um and yeah, again on the right, this is from a different source. Retail sales per capita. Have a look at durable goods. Um, People are putting off buying a new fridge, you know, washing machine, and a TV. uh, Apparently, yeah. So uh, yeah, so I mean, it's just <laughs> I don't know. The, the two the two competing themes here are: Are, are we done? Are we? It was that it. We've had our. Did I miss? Because I've noticed the retail stocks have bounced about—I don't know, Uh five or ten percent in the last ten days. I don't know if you noticed. Um, And we've had how many false starts with retail have we had this year? Uh I mean, we've had at least three. So, is this the one,
1: or we just having a Uh, Santa Claus rally? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Feels like seventies going into eighties, doesn't it? Oh yeah, we've got inflation under control and. They're mm. not doing anything to lift the rate, you know, and everyone gets a bit of, you know, hoping it's going to come through. And if inflation sticks where it is, like, you know, these mm. things are going to get hammered a little bit more. But, crikey, if they had to lift next year, that is going to be such a disappointment because everybody want to be yeah. on a negative start to the new year. They could have front run that a little bit, you know, get them in this year. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, we'll see if we'll see if she uh we'll see if she's gonna spoil drag uh, the pain out Melbourne Cup, as long Melbourne as Cup possible.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought this was an interesting one as well. Just um yeah. you know, wages. Wage mm-hmm. price index, which is the green, just hasn't been keeping up. It hasn't been keeping up with inflation and hasn't been keeping up with rents. And I, I think data just came out yesterday, the day before, that nationally um, the vacancy, rental vacancy rate is now below 1%. It's like a new record. Uh, I mean, it's you know trying to find a place to live, trying to find a place to live, and your wages are going backwards. Oh. And th- there's all these stories about like some 60-year-old guy who's had to go back to rent share. You know, move in with somebody else like he's 25 again. Um mm-hmm. It's not good news. So, you know, when Chicken Chalmers is coming out with, uh you know, stuff about how Australians are this much better off. I mean, it's just, its yeah, you just have to shake your head. Yeah, mate. Uh, and, th- and it just goes to show, like, really, you're going to tell people who know for a fact that they're not better off. By yeah. what's happening, that just because you're completely insulated, I don't know what Chalmers is on—probably about three <laughs> or four hundred grand a year—and all these uh, expenses taken care of. I mean, yeah, you don't see it, but pretty much any normal person does.
1: Well, I've even had high-end people, you know, earn decent money, yeah, saying, "I don't know how my kids ever going to find a place," and like these people yeah. have got money, like, and you think, "Holy hell, how bad is it for the renters and the?" you know the working class you know um cry it's yeah
0: well i've i've got a cousin who's he's got a pretty big plot of land nice house and he's thinking about building a granny flat up the back for his kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> like for his 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 eldest son who's married oh, and got wow. a kid and for them to move into that on his property yeah
1: yeah yeah welcome to then, australia yeah. yeah
0: welcome to australia and now I see I see uh, articles out about cramming people into these. Oh, we should rethink the the size of a an apartment. You know, we're going to end up Japanese style. I don't know if you yeah. yeah, ever yeah, seen. See. I lived in Japan. They have these. They call them. Uh, it, it's a one K, so it's one room and the K is a kitchen. And that's it. That's all you. got. That's all you got. And it's it's literally mm-hmm. it's smaller than most Australian lounge rooms. You know yep. the whole thing. And,
1: and they're probably the lucky yeah. ones, you know. Like you said, a lot of people are share housing. They only got one room and then have got to share yeah. with, you know, a couple other people. That's not very good for demographics and trying to increase population and have people have families and, you know, like it's just, yeah. Yeah, there was a
0: story about a young Chinese girl student studying here and she actually had to pitch a tent in the lounge room of a share house because she didn't actually have a room. <laughs> she had a tent inside the lounge room. Oh, shit. Brilliant.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that's the same chart we saw last week. So a big spike up because of the inflation number and it's sort of holding. So the, the market's only sort of saying 50-50 for a rate rise next, next week. Um, like the economists are all, they should raise. But I mean, what the economists think and what actually happens is quite often two different things. So we shall see. <laughs> Okay, so let's get on to another quality. So you've now exhausted all Australian quality stocks, all three of them. Um, I think
1: there's a couple more. Like I'm going to try and squeeze a few more in.
0: I know. Um, I keep saying that just so that you challenge you to go find some more. Um, So this week we've got Cochlear and this is a cracker. Yep. Take it away.
1: I think most of us know about Cochlear. You know, they develop implantable hearing solutions and they're based in Australia. They dominate the market with. 60% share, and the next two competitors taken up 20% each. About one to two children in a thousand have congenital hearing loss, so a natural growth of about two to 3% a year. It costs about $50,000 to get the implant, so it's largely limited to the West with about a 60% market penetration. So they've got most of the market already. Um, Other parts of the world, the TAM will increase as they're GDP increases per capita, but Mm. who who knows how long that's going to take. They currently got over 600,000 implants and periodically the processor needs to be replaced and that's on average about every five years and that costs about $10,000 so you've got some reoccurring revenue on that 600,000 units as well. Since 1999, it's up 2,650% compared to Mm. 230% for the S&P 500. So clearly, this is the stuff that I want to get involved with. Um, yeah. But it's, it's got a few downfalls. Let's look at the fundamentals. Shares that are standing were diluted in 2019 to 2020 financial year, um, but they're buying back now. This was because of a patent uh, patient litigation expense of $420 million.
0: Ooh.
1: So they had to, this is the danger of these type of implants um, because you're going into the body. Yeah. You know, I know you've you've warned me about the Edward life sciences I love as well, but it's got this sort of risk. If you're putting something into somebody's body, you're open to these large litigation issues. Um, Compared to ResMed, which I don't think has that. So um, yeah, take that in consideration. Um, Employee growth is in line with revenue on a PE and a price to free cash flow basis. It's expensive, even on a historical basis. Um, Since 2019, the return on investor capital has been average. Margins are still fairly good. Revenue growth has been great, but EPS has only been okay, aka okay, because of the dilution. Um, they've got a small dividend with a large payout ratio, um, but they've got heaps of debt. You now heaps of cash to pay off the debt, so I don't think they go bankrupt. Um, yeah. Flip over to the balance sheet and cash flow. We can see they've got a n- net debt of 350 million, which is very nice. Um, Price to free cash flow, uh, the, free, the free cash flow is up 50% in six years. And so it's a steady earner. I don't think, Yeah. I think that'll continue even to hit a recession. I think people still want to So I think they'll find the money. Um, It's a slow grower, uh, on a, um, the, and, but the EPS is a bit, bit of a concern, but will it grow out of that um, with the debt? I don't know. The multiples are crazy. Um, and it's a clearly a yeah. strong bid from Aussies who are looking for quality and a 100% franking credit. It should be trading at yeah. lower levels today due, a, due to the lower quality, but I can't see it happening. It probably needs about a 50% haircut to the multiple. And the only way I can see that happen is with another large product recall. What do you think of the stock?
0: I always liked it. Um, Stupidly, there was a product recall in 2011 and the stock got smashed down below 50 bucks, I think, and I hummed and hard and didn't buy it and I should have. I I, I was trying to figure out what happened because I haven't been following this closely. What happened in, because, you know, look at all these returns, like return on equity goes from 40s. Now it's in the teens, you know, return on invested capital again. 30s down to mid teens sort of happens. Something happens in 2020. Um, yeah, well,
1: you've got that litigation thing. Plus, is that yeah. plus they did um, an upgrade of the product cycle as well. So they've got a whole new range of a huge investment cycle they did into you know upgrading all their products, which they've got to do it periodically. Um, yeah.
0: So, what did they raise capital for that or something, or did they? Because I'm
1: not sure. Yeah how, how yeah. yeah obviously they've spent down into that so um the returns aren't actually flowing through what <laughs> I think it doesn't look too much but um yeah
0: and and see what it's looking like when you when you take that into account and then the EPS growth numbers and the even the revenue growth numbers I mean it looks like a mature business doesn't it now sort of oh, yeah. as you say it, it as you say like it's a great business and it'll tick along yeah. steadily but you're going to pay 53 times earnings like that, 44 cash flow. It just doesn't yeah. nah. doesn't seem worth it, does it?
1: Yes. So my new rule is like, so you get the 10 year growth and you double it. Yeah. To get your multiple. So, so that's looking like a 20. You need or a 25. Um, what are you so... talking
0: about? The revenue or the or the revenue Yes. Yeah.
1: oh yes you really should you know but you got to take the eps if they're diluting but i I assume that cycle's over i assume they're going to continue to pay down that debt and they'll eat into that and then they'll go back to the original um so that's miles away from where it needs to be um yeah and just people love it like people have obviously done really well and the management a bit delusional as well i think is a problem like they say their tam is like the whole world like so you know people in Indonesia are going to get cochlear implants at, you know, US cost 50 grand. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah, all this stuff that's a bit delusional, I think. Um And they're saying, oh, you know, I'm going to put it into adults as well. Like, you know, if you're 80 years old, you're not going to go on for major surgery to ficken get an implant. You know, you're just going to wear a hearing aid, you know, and all this yeah. sort of stuff.
0: <laughs> Unless they can make it ver you know, much less invasive or something like that and, and cheaper. I mean, yeah, That's I mean, tech, Indonesians yeah. might be able to afford yeah. it in year, the year 2075. Yes. Um, but
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it just gets soon. me a
1: bit, bit upset when you see the management talking about these large TAMs. You're like, I it it, yeah. it reeks, you know, Peter Thiel, you know, when you start talking about stuff like that, it reeks that your TAM isn't like that, you know, like <laughs> you wouldn't, you know. Yeah. So.
0: I mean, I would, that, that's one thing I'd love to ban from just tam, people talking about TAM, you know, <laughs> just, they, they just abuse that term so much. Uh,
1: so they um, will be coming out of the cycle. Um, I think um, return on equity and return on investor capital will come back a little bit stronger um, once you yeah. get this debt underway. And, you know, this, the buybacks are happening now. Like They'll eat into that a bit more. but. Yeah. It didn't it didn't seem to knock down like the share price didn't fall in the 2019 20 you know when they had to issue all that no debt. this it's a, so, I mean
0: if you think about it, if you think about the last couple of weeks I mean this looks way more expensive than CSL or resmed doesn't it yep just on those basic metrics mm-hmm. just uh and I suppose it hasn't had any of the major problems well I mean resmed's got this you know, are they going to be decimated by obesity drugs thing? Um, CSL is kind of, can they digest this massive acquisition and, and get returns out of it? Um, But these guys, what I suppose I had to, that $420 million payment, which is not that big to these guys, really. It's, I mean, they've got a pretty big balance sheet. So um yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? How that's just sort of remained elevated. It, it you know, I would even go as far as to say, Jesus, I mean, is it a short, even? Yeah. You know, yeah. just short, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's got, they've got strong holders. Like, because yeah. I can go back all my investing life cycle and this has been the stock to buy. You know, yeah. like, it hasn't been a, I'm sure most doctors, most you know, high net worth individuals have got some of this, you know, yeah. in their portfolio. Um it just and then when you look at the returns, you're like, well, why would you ever sell it? You know. Just like, like, yeah. You know, I'm up two thousand six hundred percent or whatever. What am I gonna start selling it now? You know? I can buy well, you, buy, you, buy what? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. That's well, sell so I'd sell some of this. If I own a big chunk of this, I'd sell some of this and buy some ResMed on a punt that ResMed's gonna be all right. right. That's what I'd be doing.
1: Yep. So yeah. I just can't see how it's gonna drop. But I could be wrong you got to keep it in your radar and, you know, I think it's got, you know, it's got another 20, 30, 40 years in it. You know, you can do your DCF out a fair way on this thing, but the numbers are low. Like, look at that EPS number. I think that's going to, even the three-year one is pretty, you know, it's all pretty nasty. So,
0: yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. There you have it, folks. Um, another quality Aussie stock. Uh, this one. Looks a bit overvalued, but if you've got a reason why it isn't, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Put it in the comments, and we will see you next time.